And we're back. And we back. Welcome. I say back to, for us, it didn't but feel not like to a you. Back to them. To the butts in the seats podcast. Woo. Uh, we we've been gone for about a month and a half. Our time, and a lot of shits happened. <laughs> Yeah, so the starting point of this episode, we're just going to catch up on what happened in the last month, because it's, it's been a lot. <laughs> the way where I'm like, wait, what episode is this? I think this is episode 88. We're on 88 already? Yeah. Wow. We bulk recorded so many episodes, I don't know where the hell they are. Yeah, because we were so, like arguing. I'm like, I don't think we had our WrestleMania tickets when we recorded I last. I think we did. But that might have been when we recorded from the Patreon, which we really didn't talk about before, because... Last time we recorded, it wasn't up. We have a Patreon. We have a Patreon. Look at that. Seats in the butts. We got... Uh, Four episodes up over there. Yeah. WrestleMania 18, Unforgiven 06, and parts one and two of Legends House. Hell yeah, brother. It's going to be a lot more fun with than I thought I was going to. Thank you. See? Some of the faff is fun. Well, yeah. What's happened in the world of wrestling in the uh, last month and yeah, a half or you're so? you're telling me. So the first thing that happened, this happened before we ended our break, right? Terry Funk? Yeah. Did we talk about that on the podcast? We did not talk about that on the podcast at all. Okay, because I know the second death happened during our rehearsal dinner. Yeah. (laughs) I don't remember when the timeline of Terry was. It was only a couple days before. Oh my gosh. So how do you want to talk about this? Do you just want to go one by one down the timeline? I think we can talk about Terry Funk a little more when we see him on the next WCW episode, but... Yeah, legend of the business, Terry Funk passed away. See, that's one of those deaths that's like, holy cow, you made it this far. Yeah. With everything that he put his body through, it is a miracle that he made it to the age that he did without more complicated health problems. So, like, as sad as I am that he is dead and he's passed, what a fucking life. Yeah. Like, what a life. Yeah, and then as Emily mentioned, during our rehearsal rehearsal dinner. It was a welcome dinner. Yeah. I was just looking on Twitter because we were in a, uh, a restaurant with a band that was playing way too loud. And I was like, wait, Bray Wyatt has passed away. So what? Nick came over because we had split into two tables for our families. And Nick was with his parents. I was with my parents. We, we eventually moved to two tables. Neither here nor there. That's not the story. So Nick came over to my table and showed me his phone. And it was just a tweet that said, like, we've gotten reports of Bray Wyatt passing away. And I was like, that's bullshit. But then I saw who the tweet was from, and it was from Triple H. Yeah. I was like, oh, fuck. This is... Oh, no. Yeah. I I'm laughing, but it was it was just such a shock. It, I had no idea he was sick. I had no idea he was struggling. Like, that was shocking. And nobody at our wedding party understood what was going on, because I had a visceral reaction. You, Your face dropped. Nobody understood. I don't know how much more we can add that hasn't been said by everyone in the wrestling business. Seriously. Yeah. Two people who were very beloved passed yeah. away within a couple days and it was wild what a yeah. fucking what a week yeah and then when we're on the honeymoon it's like oh cm punk has been fired from AEW for getting into another backstage fight it's like the wrestling gods knew that we were taking a month off from watching anything wrestling related and was like oh here's everything deaths firings hirings rumors of transferring companies have fun <laughs> Unfortunately, I wish it lined up better, but his last match was the day after our wedding and not the day of our wedding. CM Punk's? Yeah. Fuck. Well, unfortunately, he's a dick. Cry me a river. No, he's a dick. No, I'm quoting Jungle Boy. Oh, well. As much as we want to love CM Punk, I'm not going to... I'm not going to laud an asshole, you know? Survivor Series is happening in Chicago, everyone thinks. Stop. I swear everyone thinks. If he comes back to... I, if he comes back to WWE, that's going to come off like... 
really badly on it. That's going to be a bad optics move for CM Punk. I think that's a bad plan. Because he's left both companies in, like, in bad favor, you know? Yeah. Coming back to a company that he left with a bad, you know, reputation. Like, not even, like, on stage as a character. Bad reputation backstage with the guys. That's a bad plan. Welcome to wrestling. No, I think that's really bad. Welcome to almost every wrestler I will think significantly less of CM Punk if he comes back to WWE. I think he needs to call it, retire, and be done. Yeah, I try to think. that There's a good head for people who left abruptly, should talk to the company, and then came back anyway. He has made such a show of it. He's almost made a career out of hating WWE. If he comes back, it looks bad on him, it looks bad on the company, and it looks bad on the sport. Okay. I, if he I, comes back, that's a bad move. Okay. Damn. Watch me be excited when he comes back, though. Yeah. Like, I'm a hypocrite, but I firmly believe what I just said. Well, Emily, who else is going to make Roman look strong? At this point, fucking no one. I don't know, man. They brought The Rock back on SmackDown. Maybe Rock is coming back. Maybe Rock is going to be the one to beat Roman Reigns, but that's not true because Rock is not going to be the fucking champion because he's like 60 years old. He's not that old. He's like 45. What's the difference in wrestling? A lot. I'm kidding. <laughs> Saudi Arabia matches say a lot. And the other thing to happen, uh, we got married. It's our first... Ever First real episode recorded as a married couple. Yeah, who cares about that? And we're, I don't want to say we're wasting the, our first married, our first married couple episode on ECW show, but that's what, that's what lined up in the timeline. So we're doing ECW. ECW. There's also, I mean, not, nothing that's solidified yet, but there's also rumors of Edge going to AEW, like, and there's also rumors of Jay Cargill going from AEW to WWE. Like, there's a lot happening. No one cares if we got married. Do you know what's happening in the world of wrestling? <laughs> Hey, you know what? One thing is to stay consistent. Hmm. Roman Reigns barely appearing on the shows. <sighs> I hate but we watched an ECW pay-per-view. It's been a while since we watched one of these. Yes. When was the last time we watched one? So, Emily, it was episode 55, which released August 24th of 2022. So it's literally been... It's literally been almost a, over, over, a over a year since yeah. we've watched ECW. That's crazy. Yeah. I think I tried to have us watch the TV show a little bit, and we just kept being like, eh, never mind. No. Well, today we're talking about ECW, Living Dangerously, 2000. <sighs> Emily has a big problem with the logo for this show. I have, an, I have a huge problem with the graphic design of ECW shows. So, Living Dangerously, the connotation of that is very, like, hardcore, rough and tumble guys, like, bleeding, you know, Sandman motherfuckers. The logo is a bright blue background with the words living dangerously outlined in purple in Comic Sans font. What about that says hardcore? Emily, what, what, what would you say is a hardcore font? Not Comic Sans. <laughs> Come on, you gotta have one ready. I don't have, I don't know my fonts. I'm sorry. So this show took place on March 12th, Wingdings. 2000. That's hardcore. Wingdings. <laughs> You have to know, you have to know the language of wingdings, and that's metal, brother. <laughs> so the show took place on March 12th, 2000, lining up once again with the timeline. I don't even know if you always realize I do that. Oh, I figure. I figure yeah. you're doing that. I don't, like, double check you. In Danbury, Connecticut. It's like, okay, weird, weird spot. Is it kind of a fuck you to WWE? Because that's kind of, it's close to where their um, headquarters is. Yeah, but... Their headquarters is in Hartford, right? Yeah, but ECW is just a Northeast promotion. Not every show they do at the Northeast is going to be a fuck you. I don't know. Sometimes every it's, it does sometimes feel like everything that ECW does is a middle finger to WWE. Not to, not to WWE. No? No. Huh. 
We talked about this. Vince McMahon is quietly bankrolling part of ECW. I guess that's true. And I, I had a hard time finding how many pay-per-view buys for this, but it kind of seemed to be about around 75,000. Mm. Which is a shame because this wasn't a bad show. Everyone on the internet I mean, says I want you to keep, want you to keep like, in mind that the highest ever for an ECW show is 99,000. Yeah, so it's fairly average. I'm just thinking in, com- in comparison to WCW shows. It's getting pretty close. <laughs> wow. I've read on the internet that this is one of like the worst ECW pay-per-views ever. Like, is that not why you kind of wanted to watch this? Like, this is supposedly their worst pay-per-view? No, the reason I honestly had us watch this is this starts the final year of the ECW pay-per-views. Oh, okay. But it's been said that this is the worst, one of their worst ones, and I, just, I don't see it. Oh, wait. Super Brawl did 70,000. Woof. So this would also This is better than Super Brawl. So ECW is now the number two show. Woof. <laughs> <laughs> Not in terms of TV ready, just in terms of pay-per-view. We had a different kind of start to this pay-per-view. They didn't tell you who this was at all. I just happened to, you know, know from knowing wrestling. We start with the sinister minister, James Mitchell. Yeah, see, I just kind of had to learn as we went who people were because, like, so much happened right off the bat. Yeah. And that's kind of a theme throughout the show where, like, tag teams will come on. I'm like, I don't know who these guys are. They'll say their names eventually. Yeah, this is not a good show to, like, be like, oh, you haven't seen ECW? Watch this. That means it's a good show. It's just not a good show if you don't know the characters. (laughs) So James Mitchell talks about seven deadly sins of ECW and... He assigns one sin to, like, a specific person. Yes, he does. And I have them all written down, do you? I do. Hell yeah. Greed is super crazy. Because he defied the network. Yes. A lot of talk about the network. The network. Who's also a character? They, like, personify the network within Cyrus? Well, he is the representative of the network. Okay, okay. Vanity is Dawn Marie. That Jezebel Dawn Marie. (laughs) (laughs) Who... I just laugh knowing that, like, your only context for Dawn Marie is the Al Wilson (laughs) story. That's all I was thinking of the whole time when she was on the screen. She looks amazing. Oh, yeah. To the, like, this is an unhealthy thing for me to have done, but I started Googling, like, model diets in the 90s. Coffee and cigarettes, baby. (laughs) Kind of. They're just, they're so skinny and they're so pretty and I want to look like that. But it's so unhealthy, I shouldn't shouldn't have Googled it. I noted later, I clearly forgot about this, Dawn Marie no longer going by Tammy Lynn Bitch. (laughs) Gluttony is Big Sal. Big Sal Graziano. Sloth is Raven. With James Mitchell adding, Scotty, it's meant to be a gimmick. Yeah, I did like that. It's like he's too serious. For Wrath, he just says, been there, done that. I, I think it's... Was that a, a play on the wrestler Wrath? I don't think so. Okay. That's, what, that's how I took it. I, I don't think he was ever in ECW. I no? could be wrong, but... That's how I took it. I don't know. Maybe it's just like we all have that wrath inside of us. I don't know. Envy is Dusty Rhodes. This is the first time that I realized that Dusty Rhodes was in ECW. We've actually mentioned it before because there is a single Cody Rhodes promo on the road to uh, WrestleMania 39 where he mentions that Paul Heyman gave Dusty Rhodes like a payday when he needed it. No. Oh. I did not realize that was in the year 2000, but... Oh. But for Envy, they said Dusty Rhodes is envious of Steve Carino, specifically. Yes. Which I don't get. I don't see that. I don't know. His youth. Lust is Francine. He said that Francine wants Raven, but then puts the aside. Francine, he's no dreamer. <laughs> Sorry, Raven. <laughs> he also says it's going to be one hell of a show, and any competition to the show will be living dangerously. He said the name. He said the word. And then the camera just kind of walks away as he laughs maniacally <laughs> in this empty arena. Like, they and held they too held, long. Yes. They held on that laugh just too long. And then we fade to the arena. It's like, oh, people are here now. 
we hear Joey Styles count down from three in one of many weird audio issues. They've done that in the past pay-per-views, too. I think that that's just become a thing at they this point. They did it. This is not the first time we've heard the countdown. I want to say you're right, but I don't think it's been intentional the other times. I don't know. I feel like it could be intentional. I remember we watched Barely Legal where they were absolutely having audio issues. Yes. And then I remember the other time it definitely like leaked on as opposed to. I don't to... know. It's a thing now. Are you going to defend the the audio production that we I'm, heard? I'm defending into? this bit. We get Joey Styles and Joel Gertner in the ring, aka the quintessential stud muffin. Sure. He does his Gertner thing, and um, <laughs> Emily did not remember anything about Joel Gertner. I did not. I do. I forgot I, about that. Whole I thing. do have his quote. Oh, you don't need to read it. You know what? You're right. You need to read it. Oh Jesus Christ! Okay. This girl I know wanted to see the show here in Connecticut, so I told her to bend over and I'd show her where I'd stick it. But when all was said and done, I made her buy a ticket. Gertner. <laughs> I copy and paste it from somewhere, but I, I swear uh, there was more than that. But There might have been, yeah. but I, he, he elongated a lot of that, so I did it quickly. Cyrus is here to interrupt. He says he's network and the network doesn't like Joel Gertner's promos. And- yeah, well, they're kind of vulgar. <laughs> He does say that they allowed Joel Gertner to have a job because he brings in the 18 to 35 gay male demo. <laughs> Everyone's like, boo! But, like, that is a highly sought-after demographic in 2023. You know who, like, one show that is like, got a stranglehold on that demographic? RuPaul's Drag Race. That's the only show I can think of that has that demographic, like, to a T. Cyrus wants to do color commentary for tonight instead of Gertner, but Gertner's like, no, you're the network, this is pay-per-view, and you're an asshole. I mean, it's a valid argument. It's not your show. Cyrus tells Gertner to get out of here or he's going to beat his ass, which prompts fuck him up, Gertner, fuck him up chance. Is that what they were chanting? I was yeah. having a hard time. Yeah. Cyrus backs down once Gertner's up for the fight. He's like, I hate violence. And then Sucker kicks him. Yeah, he threatened the fight. And then the second it was ag- it was accepted, he's like, oh, no, I don't want to fight you. I don't, I don't like fighting. Like, fuck you. What? <laughs> Emily, you're getting worked. You're such a little pussy that's, that's that's heel that's heel heat one oh one. It's so annoying. So Joey like kinda gets Cyrus in a sleeper and they're rolling around and then we just cut to the opening video package. It's like, oh, okay. I had no idea who was gonna be a commentary when we came back from this. No. But also, I'm like, oh fuck, this is a long video package, and then I'm realizing, oh, they're they did the regular one and now they're showing stuff that like is meant to hype up this show. Yeah. But there was no transition between. I thought it was between. just the intro to the pay-per-view. Yeah. But it was all of the above. Yeah, you're right. There was no transition. And then they, they also, like, don't mute the crowd or the ring underneath. So you could, like, hear, like, the mat. Like, the, you hear, like, like, the sound of the mat of them rolling around. Yeah. And the crowd. It's like. It was yeah. weird. Never forget. We actually know somebody who did audio for an NWA show. And it was, like, famously bad and appeared on Botchmania. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Back from the package, Steve Carino and Jack Victory are in the ring. And you didn't know who Steve Carino was, but I feel like you got very aware of who he was by the end of the show. Yes, he was all over the place. He starts his promo, and then we hear a pre-tape promo start playing underneath his promo, which it's good they didn't actually make it too far into that promo, because that promo plays about two-thirds of the way through through the show once somebody has betrayed someone else. <gasps> Spoilers. Yeah, they, they almost did. Carino notes that Sandman's wife is in the front row and just, like, goes over, calls her a slut to her face. Her two children on either side of her. But, like, side note, Sandman's wife is far too normal looking to be Sandman's wife. She is, she's lovely, but she's so, like, normal. I don't know. 
there's no edge to her. Like, I'm not saying this in a bad way. I'm just saying, like, when you think of the Sandman, you don't think of his wife being this, like, you know, normal ass person. And his son's a fucking professional. <laughs> oh, my God. His kids are made for the business. Yeah. Carino basically implies that her and Raven fucked for real. And Raven's the kid's real father. <laughs> yeah. Shut up, you little bastard. <laughs> Honestly, I didn't I didn't realize at first who it was because the kid kind of looked like a young Cody Rhodes. I was like, oh, wait, is that like Dusty's family? And they're like, no, that's no, Sam, that's no. our mind. That'd be cool, though. I mean, talk about a divided family. Dustin on WCW, Dusty on ECW. Where does the wife and Cody go to watch? Do they go watch Dusty or do they go watch Dustin? Probably the one they're fully related to because uh, Cody and, and Dustin are half brothers. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. So he continues to berate Sandman's wife and he's like, you fucked all the boys. Why don't you put me over live on pay-per-view? She hits him, so he throws her in the ring and then Rhino suddenly appears. And I'm like, oh yeah, no. sneak arrival of Rhino. And then there's a table set up in the corner of the ring. So Rhino and Jack Victory hold Lori, this woman's name is Lori, hold her back. So that Steve Carino can, like, spear through her and put her through the table. I, that was not the initial that, plan. That Steve was Carino the plan. Was, That's was, what they were going for. Steve Carino was taking his dick out at one point. You got uh, uncomfortable because he was clearly, like, going to take his pants off. I blocked out of that. Yeah. Icky. Icky, icky. So Sandman makes the save. Honestly, Shocking. a little late. If I'm going to be totally honest. A little late. Maybe, I don't know what he was doing backstage. Maybe he heard about what was going on a little after it started. Yeah, but the numbers game gets the, gets the Sandman, and then his wife Lori is gored through the table. Holy oh fuck! My God, bump <laughs> of the night goes yeah, to seriously. Lori Sandman. <laughs> Sandwoman, please. No, her last name is Sandman. Yeah, it was a hell of a bump. They showed it in slow motion because like the table breaks, but she just like careens off the part that doesn't. Like, oh, but she like hits her head too. Like, legitimately hits her head on the part of the table that didn't break. Like. I don't it know how intentional fucked. it was. Rhino has beat down a lot of women in ECW. Really? I, like, in kayfabe. Uh, to my knowledge, sure. he's not. Well, to my knowledge, Rhino's, Rhino's fine. I'd hope so. So Sandman checks on his wife and then gets, like, stomped while, like, trying to, like, protect her. Yeah. I'm like, she's already dead. <laughs> Kick her while she's down, literally. We get Joey Styles and Cyrus suddenly appear on commentary as Sandman carries his wife out and is like, where are my kids? Yeah, so he, like, kind of scoops his wife out of the ring, and, like, he doesn't make a show of it. He just, like, goes to the camera guy or whoever's, you know, ringside, and is like, where is my family? Where are my kids? Get me my kids. Bring my kids backstage. Like, a good father. Like, don't leave my kids out here with these maniacs. We're going, we're getting out of here. I think security was like, they're already back there. Yeah, he they, they did. They're like, yeah, they're already there. They're already with you. <laughs> so, good. Good dad, Sandman. <laughs> MVP Sandman for best wrestling dad. Ric Flair could never. To my knowledge, Sandman actually is a fairly good dad. Good. From what I've heard. Ric Flair could never. Dusty Rhodes could never. Sid could never. Like, come on. <laughs> we don't have any good wrestling dads in this era to look toward. On commentary, Joey Styles is speechless. And then Steve Carino is back in the ring. One whore down. What the fuck? <laughs> one whore down, one to go. And I'm like, Jesus. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Steve Carino is like, oh, is he a heel? <laughs> You know how you have a hard time with that, Emily? Is Steve Carino a heel on this I, I show? I think I got this one. So he calls for his match to happen now, which is uh, Steve Carino with Jack Victory versus the American Dream, Dusty, Dusty Rhodes. Dusty comes out with a bull rope, a.k.a. the star of this match. So something that I noticed about ECW in particular during this pay-per-view, 
they have a really hard time or I guess they don't. I don't know. There's no clear transition between promo and spot to match. That's a bigger problem in this show than any other show I've watched. Because it was really hard to define when the next match was starting versus like the promo or the bit ending. It was very mishy mushy. So this is a Texas bull rope match and Carino doesn't want to get the rope tied on him. So Dusty hits a bionic elbow. Carino's a little knocked out. So they actually managed to get the rope on him. Yeah, they really, like, take their time getting that rope on, too, though. Like, Dusty hits, like, before the bell, there's a lot of punching that goes down. Yeah. Before the, the strap's even on. Carino keeps trying to run away, but is pulled back with, with the rope and hit with the cowbell twice. Oh, my God. Dusty beats the crap out of Steve with his cowbell. Like, wow, he hit him early with that. That's kind of surprising. I didn't realize that was the match. The yes. focal point of the match is just bell. Yes. The tagline for this match, and it's not really much of a spoiler, is walk, hit, bleed. Yeah. That's the entire match. There's no bumps. There's no moves. It's just walk, hit, bleed. Dusty brings him outside and hits another bell shot and then digs the corner of the bell into Carino's head. It's like, so Jesus. So commentary made some sort of note. I don't know if this was like a, a kayfabe thing or an offside thing, whatever, or they're just making it up on the fly. They made some sort of mention about Dusty sharpening the edges of the cowbell prior to the match. They, that's just bullshit. Yeah, well, I don't know if it was like kayfabe or they, cut, they decided that was the story on the fly, you know? Like it's relative. They just they use the cowbell as a weapon a lot, like as a scratching, scraping meth weapon. Yeah. Maybe they go up to the stage and then into the crowd. Carino gains the advantage thanks to Jack Victory and starts using the cowbell. They continue to crowd brawl, but we can't see shit. No, so the camera. I don't know if the camera is too close or the crowd is too crazy because there's you can't see anything. And then there's the far camera shot where you also can't see anything. Yeah, there's no like spotlight on them. Both men end up bleeding. Victory helps Carino get the advantage around ringside and. Back in the ring, Carino chokes Dusty and sets up a chair. This was a brutal shot. Carino goes up top and Dusty pulls him off the top rope and Carino lands face first onto the chair in a nice little spot. It was brutal. He took it safely. He did, but like still face first into a metal chair. I don't know. I don't want to take it. Dusty tries to cut Carino's arms with the, with the cowbell. Yeah, like, just like ah. scratching at it. Like, like digging. Carino then wedges a chair in the corner and then is thrown into it. He who sets it up. We know this. Karina hits a bionic elbow, and then like, Dusty and the referee, who they had to explain, like, oh yeah, Carino attacked him in his hometown. I didn't catch that bit of lore. Yeah. But they, like, dual tape the cowbell to Carino's head, and don't do a good enough job, so... No, the cowbell just, the, like, The ref has to, like, off. hold it. Yeah, and to me, as someone who didn't know the back lore, like, I didn't know, I guess I didn't hear that little bit, it just looked like the ref turned on Steve, like, mid-match. Yeah. I, I didn't make any sense to me. But yeah, the, the taping of the bell, we didn't think that one through very well, did we? No. They, they tape it too far forward. I just... They tape it onto the part of the forehead where things will slide off. It was, like, on the top of the head. I don't know, man. It was it was a lot of bad. But yeah, so we get a chair shot to the bell on Carino's head, and then dancing elbow drop, and Dusty Rhodes wins with taking zero bumps. Not one. Credit to Carino for trying to have a match around Dusty Rhodes, and credit to Paul Heyman for giving him some money, and... But yeah, this was not a good match. I don't know. It had a slow start, but it had a wild ending that I think like evened it out. I did not hate as much as it was a walk and brawl. I didn't hate it. Yeah, they managed to tell a little bit of they story, told a story, but yeah, yeah th- this was. And there were some interesting spots, like the chair face buster, the bell, like as a weapon. I think that's interesting. They they did something with this that wasn't a like a horrible match. I didn't think it was anything too special, but we'll move on. 
We then go to commentary. Joey Styles and Cyrus give an update on Lori. She's headed to a hospital. And Cyrus points out with like, well, I assume Sandman's going with her, right? He's like, yeah. Well, then I guess he forfeits his match. So Rhino has a bye in the television title tournament. And then Joey starts to sell this as like, did you plan this attack? Was this all a conspiracy to get your guy to have the title? Which maybe. Yeah, it did seem random that you that Seeker suddenly healed out on this random woman, so. Yeah, maybe. Joey then throws to a little Guido promo, but we barely hear any of it because the ring music for the next match just starts cranking over oh the God. promo. Yeah, ECW's not known for its audio mixing. It's not winning any awards there. We should say that we did watch an original kind of VHS rip for this, so we got all the oh, authentic yes. music. Yes, we did. To my chagrin, because it was 10 minutes longer than the Peacock file. <laughs> 10 minutes. Really. In wrestling, 10 minutes is a lot. This show is a brisk brisk two hours and 16 minutes. So. Yeah, but it could have been two hours and six minutes. Our next match is The Dangerous Alliance. Billy Wiles and C.W. Anderson with Louie Dangerously versus Amish Roadkill and Danny Doring with Electra. This was just a hodgepodge of names that I didn't even pretend to try to keep track of. I, I got who Roadkill was. I knew who Electra was, obviously. Um, you were able to get Danny Doring by... By <laughs> default, yeah. yeah. So, Louis Danger... I assume you could figure out which one Louis Dangerously was. It's like, hmm, what is he trying to be? I can't tell. I don't understand it's what, so you're subtle. what you're referring to. He cuts a promo and says he named the pay-per-view after himself. We, we then get the faces entering and Electra gets in the ring, so we have a mandatory upskirt shot for her. Of course. It is kind of funny that he mentioned that it was named after himself, because didn't I make that reference of, like... Paul. So, yes. So I made a joke. You were a little ahead of it. This is what it was. I made a joke when we first started watching this where I'm like, living dangerously. The term living dangerously just sounds like a reality show title with like Paul Heyman or Paulie Dangerously at the head of it and, you know, living with the antics of the ECW guys and like their shenanigans. Just like I imagine it being like a, um, like a line of these guys with Paul at the very middle with this like, hands on his hips and just like shrugging like what am i gonna do with these guys these goons yeah and basically if it was released during most points of paul Heyman's career that would not be available on any streaming service I'm like nope nope let's bury this yeah. <laughs> but i got ahead of it i made the joke before louis dangerously did i did laugh at uh, amish roadkill being from lancaster pennsylvania <laughs> that's where all the amish are from <laughs> Match starts. We get a dirt road slam from Roadkill. You were loving the names of these mat- of these moves. Yeah, we get a Vader bomb elbow to Anderson and a uh, top rope double clothesline from Roadkill. Like the man can move. I was surprised. I know nothing about this guy, but I'm like he's pretty good. I wonder if he goes on to do anything else. Not really. Maybe like indie or something. Jawbreaker to Anderson and, and the heels regroup on the outside, but Doring vaults onto them. Tilt a world slam from Billy for the first real offense of the match from the Dangerous Alliance. Then get a chicken wing slam from Anderson and uh, commentary notes that Louie Dangerously is the former sign guy Dudley. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, which does kind of help put pieces together. Like, who are these people? Super basic stuff in this match through most of it. Like, it's nothing. It was hard fought and well paced, but it was nothing special. The fact that the Dangerous Alliance is going for like an old school, you know, Memphis four horsemen kind of style. Yeah. Like, it just, it's slow. It's not all that interesting for I disagree. I don't think it was slow. I actually think this was a hard no, yeah. and well paced. Like it was it was quick. It was it was moving. We get a G spot sweep from Ew. Danny Doring. Ew. Hot tag to Roadkill, he cleans house but is dumped to the floor on a ten punch spot and after a super kick slingshot, Danny Doring hits a double underhook DDT but only gets a two. 
The faces hit a heart attack, and then uh, Roadkill goes up top for another move. But Electra turns on him, crotching him on the top rope. Anderson hits a spine buster and gets the win. Woo! Yeah, Electra just... Uh, it cost them the match. By the way, it was her... We'll hear a promo from her later, but uh, th- this was the turn that almost got spoiled by hearing the promo. Yeah. This wasn't a bad match, which is a phrase I'm going to say through a lot of this show. It was not bad, but it was it was not like, go back and watch it again. It didn't seem like there was a lot going into this match to begin no. with, which is also a problem in this show. So what benefit this show does have is all of their matches are fine and they do not drag. I think that if these matches had gone longer and dragged out, it would have like significantly undercut the show. Yeah, I, think, I think because they kept the pace up, it was better. I better think literally like the longest match is 10 minutes. And it was the Dusty Rose match. Yes, which I don't think was always the case, but we'll get there. <laughs> well, you know what I said about matches. They should never be over 10 minutes. They should minutes. never be over 10 minutes. Maybe ECW is where I need to be. Is, is, is that how all the Patreon is, just going through all the ECW shows? No. Although there is one that I just learned about that I want to watch, just for the name of it. Palooza. Oh. Okay. I love a Palooza. <laughs> Let's go backstage. We see the Impact players. It's Lance Storm, Justin Incredible, Don Marie, and the sexiest man alive, Jason. <laughs> Jason gets me to giggle every time just because of his name. Like, the lead up and then it just being Jason. Okay, speaking speaking of giggling every time, I never actually <laughs> noted it in my notes. But there's one motherfucker in the crowd with a horn. And he has excellent comic timing. He does. <laughs> it's he just one does. guy, but... Every time he hit the horn, I I just it made me giggle. Yeah, every single time. Like it wasn't even like I don't think it was intentional comedic timing. I think it was just like I feel like blowing the horn now, but it was perfect. So in this promo, Lance Storm says they're going to be walking out champions. Just incredible. Then takes a long walk to say the same thing. I firmly believe that wrestlers do not listen to each other when they are giving promos. No, they're focusing on what they're going to say. Yeah, they're they're just waiting for the first person to stop talking so that they can say their piece. And it doesn't matter if it's the exact same sentence, Justin. You're going to say it again. Or Hogan. Like, no, Hogan's going to come around at the end. <sighs> These guys at least don't battle for the last word. And I appreciate that. We didn't get a hard cut, which might have just been our copy, to Simon Diamond and his entourage making Simon their entrance. Simon Diamond. I did not note who his entourage was, but there was one of them who was wearing a very fancy boy white suit that you were not having any of. Oh, he thought that he was the whole shit and nothing but the shit in that white suit. Like, he was feeling himself, but he was like a tall, gangly white boy that, like, it, the, the suit didn't really fit him very Wait, well. Wait, a tall, gangly white boy in ECW? <laughs> what? I know, it's rare. <laughs> But the suit didn't really fit him, and then he was, like, trying to have a character while in this suit. It was just, like, it's giving Halloween. It's not giving wrestling character. It was not good. <laughs> I'm just realizing we didn't get any any Mikey Whipwreck on the show, and I'm kind of sad about it. Oh, yeah. Well, you don't have to struggle to say Mikey Whipwreck. <laughs> yeah, fair. We did hear Bomba da Ba start. Bomba da Bomba da Dang Dang Digga Digga. And I'm like, okay, who's caught to this? And it's Kid Cash, who... I guess his gimmick is, I dress like Kid Rock. I am Kid Rock. That's my gimmick. Yeah, I only know Kid Cash from his WWE run, and it was not a Kid Rock thing. Because <laughs> there was a point when that song started playing, you looked at me and you're like, is it Kid Rock? Like, what is this? Yeah. And then this guy comes out and I'm like, yeah, it is Kid Rock, I guess. So Simon has a problem, 
And then we get solve it. And then we get Judge Jeff Jones interrupting. I want to say last time we saw him might have been with Sid. The man just likes big meaty claws. <laughs> and uh, instead, the the uh, no the, judge. So Jeff Jones comes out and says, "Simon Diamond, you do have a problem, and your problem is Mike Awesome." <laughs> Mike also comes out looking massive, but in so like a but like in an effective way. Oh yeah, not a, not a big T kind of way. Yes, he can actually touch his um his toes if he wants to. His hands can touch each other. Mike also grabs the mic. Either leave the ring and live, or stay and die. I'm like, oh, I mean, that's an effective way to get your point across. <laughs> so Kid Cash stays, and Awesome throws him across the ring, and then hits an awesome splash. Just awesome heads on offense through most of this little three or four minute match. <laughs> Cash dives from the ring onto Awesome in the crowd. He's and just getting like ragdolled by Mike Awesome yeah. at this point. He hits like a pedigree DDT to Jeff Jones in the ring and manages to hit a diving Hurricane Rana to Awesome. But Awesome manages to regroup, hits an Awesome Bomb to Cash, and then he grabs a table. Earlier in this match, brawl, match, whatever you want to call it, yeah. they're like, Man, you think if Kid Cash wins, he's going to be like the number one contender. And they're like, reminding you fans, this match is for the ECW championship. I'm like, since when? You fucking liar. Reminding you. Since when? Remind yourselves. We then get a top rope stepping off Awesome Bomb from Mike Awesome through the table in the ring. It was questionable, but it did look cool. He doesn't release him until most of the way down. It's not, yeah. Mike Awesome wins after that, as you'd assume. Oh. So still ECW champion, Mike Awesome. Woo! Remember that. Oh, no. It's not going to come up tonight, but that's going to come up very soon on WCW. Oh, yeah. And somewhat relatedly, WWE. We'll talk more when we get to that. Okay. But this was just a little Mike Awesome showcase. I don't even know why they did this. Yeah, I mean, we didn't really get much, like, package of, like, stories leading up to matches. I'm not sure there were stories. Yeah. But even then, this this was going to be, it seemed like Simon Diamond versus Kid Cash, so I don't know why Mike Awesome suddenly, like... Simon Diamond. Yeah. We get Jazz checking on Kid Cash and is suddenly worked over by Simon Diamond and a different entourage. Yeah, there's just a lot of guys. Yeah. Trying to get their pay-per-view payday, I guess. Well, the two, two guys with him were Gato and Giotto. And so we get Chris Chetty and Supernova making the save. And it's like, oh, it's a match now. Yeah, so this is one of those that just, like, bled from bit into match. So, like, seamlessly, but it should have been a little bit more seamed, I guess. It's a very fast-paced start to this match where it didn't help that, like, it transitioned from the last thing. So I'm like, it I have, like, no so notes fast. for the beginning yeah. of this. Because I couldn't tell if it was just, like, a sweep-in, slide-in, save-them brawl or if it was a match. Because by the time you realize that it's a match, half the match has already happened. By the way, not that either of us actually watches New Japan, but it should be noted that Gato has like been the head booker for the last like 13 years. Like current day? Yeah. Oh, shit. They said on commentary that these were guys from New Japan. Yeah, he's he's basically running the show there now. Wow, good for him. Scissor kick from Chetty to Gato, and we get some good double team action from the faces. Giotto t- tags in, and him and Chetty hit chops on the floor. Mexican surfboard stretch with a diving axe handle combo from Team No Respect, which is what they were called, apparently. <laughs> Giotto hits a super back suplex and the heels start working over Nova until Nova counters a dive into a sit-out powerbomb. Chris Chetty gets the hot tag, cleans house for a second, but then the heels hit a top rope. But then the heels hit a top rope assisted powerbomb, but Chetty breaks up the pin, so not the end of the match dun, quite dun, yet. Dun. 
Nova hits a swanton bomb, and Gato hits a diving splash for a simultaneous two count with one from each team, despite the fact that Nova clearly had the pin a little bit earlier. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Faces hit a tidal wave, which is a combo diving leg drop, diving splash, like, together from the same corner. It was cool. Looked like it could be dangerous. I was like, I don't don't want to take that one. If it had gone poorly, yeah, it would have been bad. But it didn't go poorly. And Chris Chetty and Nova get the win. You were saying something about Nova being a big nerd. Was that during this match? Yes, Nova is a big nerd. And I think even he would admit what that. What prompted that? He Oh, he was dressed as um, as Venom. Oh, yeah. Or maybe a Spider-Man costume. I don't know my... It was like a Spider-Man like black and white thing. It wasn't quite Venom. Yeah, but, but we've seen him wrestle in like basically pseudo, uh, pseudo Green Lantern gear before. Okay. And I always forget, he is the Hulk Hogan part of the Blue World Order. I always forget it's him. I know it's Stevie Richards, yeah. and I know it's Blue Meanie. I always forget Nova's Hogan. Yeah. Well, to add on to the nerd, like Nova is a pretty big character in Marvel, so that just adds. Yeah, to I don't think that's a coincidence. Nerdy. No, I doubt it. With everything you've told me, like, yeah, it's definitely not a coincidence. Once again, not a bad match. No, I thought it was actually pretty good. Yeah, um, it was fun. But the matches just seem thrown together, so they it doesn't are. seem like there's a lot of stakes or intrigue or drama. No, they very clearly like booked this date for a pay-per-view and then forgot to build to the pay-per-view. Yeah. Then get a Louie Dangerously promo. It's the one that we keep mentioning that they played a little bit of earlier. Electra then tries to explain her heel turn. She calls Doring a little boy and then um, stumbles big on the like trying to talk about why she turned on roadkill, but ends with your tits are bigger than mine, which is saying something. But isn't this also turning on Paul Heyman? Electra's like telling Paul Heyman that like she's mad at him because he could have helped her advance in her career and he chose not to. You are correct. However, Paul Heyman didn't wrestle in that match, so I don't know why. I don't know, but that's what this turned into. It was just like a like a monologue about why she doesn't like Paul Heyman. Yeah, uh, she then strokes Lou's phone to end the segment. In the most erotic way, you think. Yes. Yeah, it was weird. This was not a good promo, and this was a pre-tape, it so what the a, fuck are you doing? It was not a good promo, but it was a passionate promo. Yeah. Like, she believed in everything that she was saying, but she just didn't say it well. Exactly. I think if you gave her, like, another take, I think it, yeah, it would have been... Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But yeah, she just didn't quite have everything kind of plotted out, but delivered it well. Yeah. Let's move on to a match that I don't know if we've seen before, but I feel like I've, we've seen these two wrestle each other in some sort of capacity a bunch. Not that I'm complaining. I mean, no. This was a saving grace. It is Little Guido with Big Sal versus Super Crazy in the semifinals of the television title tournament. So the reason there is a tournament is that Rob Van Dam shoot broke his leg. Yeah. And so was stripped of the championship, which are like, oh, what a heel move by Cyrus. Breaking his leg. Oh, wait. Cyrus was the heel here? Of like, oh, you stripped him of the title. It's like, he's out for like a year. Yes. You stripped the man of the title. Yeah. (laughs) That's not that crazy. WWE, someone who can't defend the title, maybe shouldn't have the title. Hmm. Now, Emily, I have a question for you. I have an answer for you. Now that we're married and you now have Italian heritage, are you upset about the name of Little Guido? No. Are you offended by the little car in Cars? <laughs> His name is Guido and he's beloved. <laughs> His name is Luigi. And Guido. Pit stop. That's Guido. <laughs> Guido's not inherently offensive. I don't, I don't think. I'm not offended enough to, to know. <laughs> If Pixar is naming a character after Guido, I don't think it's that bad. So Guido blindsides Super Crazy to start, and we get a drop kick to Super Crazy's face, and he just folds. <laughs> it was great. He does. 
Crazy slides through Guido's legs and pulls him down to the floor. We had a top rope springboard moonsault into the crowd from Super Crazy. Which was wild. Luckily, you had Big Sal there to catch you. I mean, thank God. But like those poor people in the front row, like you're getting a foot to the face. Yeah. Vaulting famous her from Guido. And we get a rolling sunset flip powerbomb from Super Crazy. The Sicilian shooter locks in a Fujimara armbar the on the floor. Sicilian shooter. But it doesn't seem like you're able to win out there. I never know with ECW rules. I don't know. Guido counters some sort of springboard move with just forearm to the face. <laughs> it was like, nope. <laughs> Bang your net. Chair shot to Guido's head and then a diving chair shot from to Guido's head as well. Which, mm. I know it's chair shot to the head, but all things considered, didn't look egregious. It was not Mike Awesome levels. No, of, yeah. no. These chair shots did look a little bit softer. It was somewhere between Mike Awesome and Lance Storm. We get a DAS punch spot to Guido and then to Sal. You proud of that? <laughs> they, they count in Spanish for I him. know. But a DAS punch <laughs> shot? I don't think that's what you call it. Crazy dives off of Sal's shoulders in the corner, but Guido gets his foot so up. I loved that move. Using yeah. Sal as like extra height further into the ring. I thought that was awesome. I like that a lot. Well, I was going to say, you'll get more of it later, too. Yeah, I know. The Italians whip Super Crazy with a belt, and I'm like, hmm, I did notice Super Crazy was wearing an extra tank top on top of his <laughs> gear top. Wonder why. Tornado DDT to Guido, and Crazy grabs the belt, but Guido stops him before he can get whipped, because he's not wearing a shirt. Yeah. I don't know. It might be a yappa pie strap, brother. Oh, Jesus. I just listened back to that episode. I just... I honestly the thought... The skin will bubble. Nick, I thought we already watched the strap match. No. I, in my head, that match had already happened. So we got to the end of that that um, promo and you're like, so we have that to look forward to it Uncensored. I'm like, we haven't watched that yet? <laughs> oh my God. We get a diving famous serve from Guido, but only gets a two and Sal grabs a table, which is one thing I like about having the managers in ECW is that they can just be like, all right, grab the weapon. We don't need to like kill time with you. Yeah. on the ring looking around. Their managers are useful. Yeah. It's a concept. Guido falls through the table. He set up from Sal's shoulders when crazy moves, like walks across the ring and how could this happen to me? It actually looked better than when crazy did it because Sal was slouched. So he only got like three inches higher from yeah. the corner on, on that. But we don't actually, you know, look to be a bit above the top rope, so it worked out. Oh, God, I'm remembering one of the roughest bumps I've seen in terms of doing that and ball with a table. Is it not what happens later? Well, <laughs> I'm saying the standing on the shoulders. Oh, okay. Chris Jericho and Big Show did that. Of course. And Big Show gets super kicked by Shawn Michaels. Jericho goes to fall out of the ring through a table, but shorts it and lands like face first and fucks up his teeth. Oh. No, we'll get a bad table spot later. Don't you worry. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I know a bad table spot when I see one. Crazy hits a head scissors on Sal and they're like, holy shit. And Sal took the bump well. For- he did. For a big guy, he took yeah. it quite well. Powerbomb to Guido on the remaining bit of the table, which like collapses. Springboard moonsault only gets a two. I thought that should have been the finish because right after that, it's just a brain buster on the remains of the table. They and really crazy get their wins. money's worth out of that table. Yeah. Super crazy wins. He's advancing to the finals. I really enjoyed this match. This is a lot of fun. I would say I know we've seen these guys wrestle, but I feel like I could watch them wrestle a thousand times. Yeah, these were this was a lot of fun. Again, not too long. Had some fun spots, good energy, good pacing, like everything you want in a match. And they have different styles, so the the offense is varied, but they're able to keep up with each other's styles. Yes, so it works. Yeah, definitely. 
And they went into the crowd, but that didn't take over the entirety of the match like it did for um, the Dusty Rhodes match. No, they went to the crowd and then came back. And it was came like, right back. We, 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 yeah. want to dive, we just want to dive in there, then we're good. Yeah. Let's move on to our next match. It is Kintaro Kanemura versus Balls Mahoney. Balls, balls, balls. Yes. We need to talk about Balls' theme. Balls. Emily, do the balls slap. Ew. Okay, no, I'm not answering that. Does Balls' theme slap? Yes. Balls Mahoney's theme in ECW slaps. Yes, because apparently the WWE version is just the instrumental. I'm like, oh, that come on. Slap. This slaps. Before we get too far into the match, we should also talk about the... Um, the outfit choice of balls. This is his standard look. I don't know why you're... He needs new pants. The man needs new shorts. These are not even shorts. These are scraps of denim. Like, it's falling apart. Uh, he's just waiting to get paid from Paul Heyman. He, he, once that check comes in, he's going to buy, buy some pants. Man's going to go on a shopping spree. Look at me now, Mom. I got brand new jeans. Checks in the mail, I swear. Sure, 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 sure. Appropriately, balls gets hit in the balls to start. <laughs> Boss, boss, boss. Kanemura starts fast and hits a diving senton. This match only goes a couple minutes, and I think yeah. they got told that, like, all right, moving fast forward, we got to go. Which I'm not entirely sure why, because, like, the, yeah. the part to rush through happens later. We get a sit-out spine buster from Balls and then a frog splash. Quick superplex, and then Balls no-sells a chair shot. Yeah, I I think that maybe he wasn't expecting to take it and then just, like, forgot no, to it's just he, I don't know. He, Chair shots are his thing, so it's like, no, you, you used... Basically, it's not very effective. Balls is a chair-type Pokemon. <laughs> if he was a Pokemon, he would go around chanting, Balls, balls, balls. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those uh, banned episodes in the anime. It's like, like por- you know, Porygon, the one where they all use guns. Um, balls. The balls episode. <laughs> the one where they gave James boobs. Oh. Anime's weird, man. Wait, did that happen? Yeah. Did all of those things happen? Yeah. Oh, no. I thought you were making them up on the fly. No, the the Porygon one, <laughs> justice for Porygon. <laughs> Pikachu uses, like, Thunderbolt, and it causes, like, f- like, like, sorry, like a strobing effect on Porygon, and it causes, like, seizures in, in Japan. And they're like, well, Porygon's now banned from the anime. It's like, what did he do? Porygon didn't deserve that. I like Porygon. And then, yeah, w- there was a, a, a Safari Zone episode where a bunch of guns got pulled out. Oh, no. And I don't remember the thing with the James Boobs one. <laughs> I've seen art of that online. Yeah. I just thought that it was like a weird, you know, internet thing. So anime. I guess. We get the Nutcracker Suite on a chair and Balls wins. Is that really what that movie's called? Yeah. I love that. Balls wins like a two minute match and then is beat down by the Baldies. The Baldies? That's the name of their group. Like as described in commentary, it's the new gang that took over New Jack's turf. Oh, okay. Speaking of. Yeah. The Baldies are beating down Balls. And New Jack's music hits, and the crowd goes fucking nuts. Yeah, this man is quite over, which is concerning. Yeah. Has the mass transit incident happened at this point, or is that later? That happened in 97. Woof. So New Jack comes out with his can of weapons and attacks the Baldies. And New Jack just kicks the crap out of them to his music until they use a pizza cutter on him. So we're into the next match. The next match has started. It's not even... It is a match, and it's not. Kinda. Which... So I, I was reminded of something from AEW involving a pizza cutter today. Oh, no. Did you ever actually see that there was a match with Chris Jericho and a wrestler called Nick Gage? Mm-mm. Nick Gage uses a pizza cutter on Chris Jericho on AEW. And they're like, cool, we're, we're going to go to our picture-in-picture commercial. And by accident, Domino's is the first ad up. Oh, my God. Domino's was very upset. <laughs> Why? That's amazing. <laughs> 
Yeah, because someone's like, what's the best spot in AEW so far? It's like, that. Oh, wow. I love that. Yeah, you did not love the pizza cutter, though. No, that was horrific. So they were literally just, like, slicing at New Jack's forehead. Yeah, because at this point, it's just down to New Jack and a wrestler called Vic Grimes. Yes. But it was it was not fully clear that it was a pizza cutter. So you even, like, verbally said, like, are they, like, slicing it with a pizza cutter? And then you got a different angle. And you're like, oh, yeah, there that's blood. That's a pizza cutter. It's just rolling over this man's forehead. It was horrific. That said. You want to make pizza for dinner? Oh, I, I will say, I've had some shit pizza cutters, like, dull out after, like, a couple of years. We can only so. hope. But New Jack's forehead is so fragile and weak at this point. Like, the skin hasn't had time to, like, callus back over or anything. So, yeah, it probably is getting busted open every other day. So the brawl continues to the floor, and they brawl through the crowd, and Vic Grimes grabs a table. I could barely see shit so at this point. I was, like, getting... I think it was this match. I was getting nauseous. Maybe um, maybe it was the match, the Dusty match. I don't know. But whoever was doing the shaky, like, handheld cam into the audience... There were points I had to look away because I was yeah. physically getting nauseous. And we actually saw kind of why. Because the guy is cam hopping, holding the camera like a fucking machine gun. Yeah. As opposed to like having it on the shoulder. It's like, dude. No, he's like holding it one hand like on his waist and just kind of yeah. like using his wrist to flick it around. I don't get car sick and like I don't get nauseous like that. So like when I have a hard time watching that, I'm like, geez. I was getting a little bit really of a headache. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned you were getting a headache. Well, not as bad as somebody. Some people have headaches. Do you want me to take a pizza cutter and we can like compare? Well, I meant upcoming. Um, okay. 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 So <laughs> Grimes stacks two tables on top of each other and then climbs up some scaffolding. And this is all in the crowd. Yes. So it should be noted that they did not look into the scaffolding at all before oh, him. They saw they it and went, oh, we're going to do this. That. Of course. So they get up there and there's like no plywood or anything up there for a landing. It yeah, is just probably like. like not an active use scaffolding. It's probably just there because it's been used in that arena relatively recently. So the plan was apparently to do a suplex through the table. Sure. That's pretty classic. Pretty standard. Grimes apparently gets cold feet about this, but it's like, well, fuck, we're up here. You gotta do something. So. Who was supposed to take the suplex through the tables? I don't even, I don't know. Grimes goes to push New Jack off and New Jack pulls Grimes with him. So New Jack kind of goes through the table. Kinda. And holy fuck, I, I, I don't even really know what the hell they're going for at that point because no. Vic just lands on New Jack's head. Like, only on his fucking head. Vic happens to, like, get lucky and make a full, like, turn in the air. So he does take a bump on his back. New Jack basically just takes, like, a belly bump, essentially, but gets his head essentially squished, physically squished, by Vic Grimes. Yeah, and it looks horrific. Like, it's clearly, like, you tell something's gone wrong, mm -hmm. and they immediately, like, cut away. Like, they show one the replay. Shot. Yeah. And... They are panicking backstage. Neither of us knew this. Did you know this was coming? No. I Because okay. both of us made like visceral noises when this happened. Like, oh my God. And we ba we backed it up to like double check to see if these guys had landed safely. And you thought for a second that they had. Like, okay, yeah, no, they landed. They're fine. And then it just it kept going back. No, I, I immediately didn't think they did. Cause I, 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 well, because like, I thought that Vic Grimes landed fully on his head. So we backed it up to watch Vic. Yeah. And he landed safely. Well, Grimes didn't land on his head. He landed on New Jack's yes. head. Yeah. But I thought he was going like head first swan dive, basically. So there's a couple things to talk about yeah. this. Take it away. So there is retribution 
quote unquote at a later date. It's unclear whether this is work to retribution or shoot retribution because these two will have a match in a promotion in a couple years from now. They're up on scaffolding. There's like a bunch of tables in the ring and Grimes basically misses most of the tables and like gets absolutely fucked up. And New Jack has been on record saying, yeah, I was trying to basically kill him. So talk about what might be a work. Talk about what actually happened during this bump. New Jack gets a wound in the forehead, gets brain damage, a fractured skull and permanent blindness in his right eye. This man is permanently blind in one eye from this bump. And he still wrestles and does this again in a few years. Emily, we're going to see him in two months at the next pay-per-view. That's insane to me. The man's skull is broken. He has brain damage. He has no sight out of one of his eyes. And you're back? Two months. That's insane. These two have a match. Or sorry, he faces the leader of Debaldi's. Oh my god. Yeah. That's yeah. got to be like, well, I'm not going to say that because you're going to be like, oh, don't forget sin in a few years because I haven't forgotten. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say this is one of the most horrific injuries I've seen or heard of. Yeah, I will say the one in a, the, the other one you're thinking of. You I, you see it a little more viscerally. This one you're like, I've seen it once. I never want to see it again, Nick. Yeah. So I haven't forgotten. You keep saying like you'll forget by the time you see it again. Like I'm not forgetting. Yeah, so that they are panicking backstage. Like yeah, they literally no like, I don't know if he's gonna live. I don't know what the fuck's happening. Like basically, do we have another Owen Hart moment? I was just saying, like that wasn't that long ago. Yeah, yeah, that's, less than a year. That's very recent in everyone's memory. Like, holy fuck, do we have another Owen? Commentary tries to pivot to the next match, and the next two matches are in fast forward as is the rest they of the really broadcast. Are. I think that like, you you mentioned it, but I think Paul Heyman was trying to like wrap this shit up quickly so that like they were yeah they were debating like God forbid off the something right bad now. happens yeah we're just out of here. If New Jack had died here, I it would have been interesting to hear the talk about him now because yeah. Owen was a very beloved figure and New Jack is not. Yeah, it definitely that, is not now. Right. But I don't know how much. Damage he did to his reputation over the last 20 years. Yeah, you're right. I try to pivot as fast as uh, commentary does. Like, yeah, that's my next match. It's we the... just go to a, like, a wide shot and then cut to Cyrus and Joey. And like, oh, yeah. well, that was crazy anyway. It is a three-way dance tag team match for the tag team titles. It is Mike Awesome and Raven, who are the champions, versus Tommy Dreamer and Masato Tanaka versus the Impact players Just Incredible and Lance Storm. So I had a better time taking notes on this one because I actually recognized some of the people. Yes. This is the most star-studded match of the night. Yeah. It's not even the main event. The Impact players sure do love that one pose. They sure do. (laughs) Literally the first thing they do during the invasion when they're like, yeah, we're ECW, we're the same team, is that pose. Yeah. It's like, look, we're great, push us. Don't forget about us, we were here. Raven and Awesome sprint to the ring to interrupt a promo. It's like, no, we're, we're going, we're going. I'm going to be serious for a second. We got to dive over the top rope onto the impact players for Mike Awesome. Like, the man's so agile. He is. Like, that's why he's one of my boys. He's amazing. But he's so big. Like, he shouldn't be that no. that agile, but he is. It's crazy. We then get Tommy and Tanaka running out. Super quick action from everybody. Like, again, this match is in fast forward. It they really are trying is. to get the show over with. It's like they, they all had spots to do with each other, but... They didn't have time to do the spots one at a time. So it was just like, you're going to do your spot in your ring. You're going to do on, yours on this side of the ring. You're going to do yours on this side. You know, part of me is wondering, are they rushing through because they're so panicked and they're like, we have to finish the show financially because we don't mm, have enough money. Maybe. 
That would make sense. Yeah. We get a bulldog from Dreamer to Raven, and everyone's just kind of brawling around in their little isolated groups. Yep. Dreamer sets up a table in the corner and then is thrown face first into the table twice, the second time breaking off the corner. Yeah, he like kind of chip shots the first one, but yeah. whoever throws him into I can't remember who at this point. It's just like, no, you're going through this fucking table. Tanaka avoids going through a table and back suplexes Awesome through it. Then we get a rolling elbow to Mike Awesome, ECW champion, and Tanaka just pins him clean. Five minutes in, like what? They also did note at the very beginning of this, like this is a three-way dance, and it's not gonna be like those three-way dances on the other network. Like that was like the one dig that we got. Okay, I didn't read that as a dig. I read that as, hey, don't be confused when someone gets pinned and the match is still going. I mean, maybe I don't know. Whenever they mention the other network, it to me it just reads as like you know those guys are idiots. Listen to us. It was elimination style. That was the whole point of that. Yeah, so we're down to Tommy Dreamer and Sazanaka versus the Impact players. We barely saw any Raven in this match. No. He's gone before you even realize he's there. The Impact players work over Dreamer, and we get a swinging DDT from Just Incredible. Storm holds Dreamer up, but it's the one thing they didn't want to happen. Oh, no. Because Dreamer ducks the super kicks and then hits a DDT on Credible. Hot tag to Masato Tanaka. Like, we're doing tags? I Yeah, this is the first <laughs> tag that I noticed in this match. There's no tags. He cleans house, including Jason, and stuns Jason and Landstorm at the same time. Double ten punch spot from the faces, but Credible slides out of his and hits Dreamer with a kendo stick to the face when Dreamer goes for the Death Valley driver. We then get super fast forward finish mode. Like, I couldn't even remotely take notes. The actual finish is the impact driver to Tommy Dreamer, and the impact players get the win and are the new tag team champions. Which is important, because that means Mike Awesome is not a champion. Okay. They don't know that's important yet, but that will be important. Yes. Also, Lance Storm, coming to WCW fairly soon. I feel like a lot of these guys are coming to WCW pretty soon. Like, we're running out of time in WCW. They've yeah. got to be there soon. Yeah, Lance Storm's there in May. I think in, in, like, late May. Wow. That's the thing. Most of these guys leave because they're not getting paid. So, I'm like, mm, might be something to that. We have to finish the show. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Or, they can't afford to refund these tickets. Yeah. The thoughts on this match? It was so fast. Yeah, like it was just okay. I wish it had more time to like build. To breathe, I'm like, yeah, yeah like, it just it was mostly just random brawling around ringside, yeah. and then like once they done a two teams, like okay, you did a little something, but yeah, yeah, they're moving so quick that you kind of don't have time to do anything significant. No. And then uh, to set up our main event, we suddenly have Cyrus in the ring. I didn't notice him leaving commentary. He's like, oh, yeah. I'm here. So he celebrates the Impact players winning because I guess they're both heels. So it's like the network likes this. Why not? Sure, I guess. He sets us up for the main event and brings out Rhino. So this match is going to be Rhino with Steve Carino, Jack Victory, and Cyrus versus Super Crazy. But first, we get Paul Heyman interrupting Cyrus's promo. So Cyrus is just like going on about how great Rhino is and how he is the network's choice to be everything, yada, yada, yada. And Paul Heyman finally comes out. I have the quote. Do you want to say it or don't want me to say it? I got it. Okay. I am so motherfucking tired of the goddamn fucking network. That is verbatim. <laughs> this whole promo is super sweary. To where, like, so sweary. Joel Gorger comes out and is like, but I got this. Like, we swear a lot, but even we were like, oh my heavens. <laughs> like, there's a small part of me that, like, because they're fast-forwarded through everything... Was like Joel Gertner not ready to do his part of the promo yet? So Paul Hammond to come out and riff Maybe. for like two minutes. Maybe. So Gertner comes out, wants more of Cyrus, fires up the crowd, and then we get super crazy sp- sprinting to the ring. But before this, one of my favorite things happens. 
So while Paul Heyman is just going at um, Cyrus, who's standing in the ring, we're cutting between Heyman talking and Cyrus talking in the oh, ring. Oh, yes. I forgot and about this. every time they cut to Cyrus while Heyman is yelling, Cyrus is speaking, like, mouthing the words along with Heyman. So this is very clearly a script that... Cyrus has memorized. So, yeah, so I guess that, that actually, I guess that would refute my thought. I guess that's true. Yeah. So this was, Wait, this was obviously very he, He's going full child Emma Watson. Very Hermione. Yeah. But it was every time we cut back to Cyrus, it wasn't like he caught himself doing it. It was like, oh, I got to stop. It was every time. He was mouthing the exact words. Yeah. Everyone's Paul. pro. I was like, oh. I'm like, guys, somebody like elbow him or something. Just like Cyrus, fucking stop it. Or stop cutting back to him. Or stop cutting to him. Yeah. Did nobody else notice maybe? Yeah. Yeah, super crazy sprints to the ring because, yeah, we're, we're, we're trying to get through this as fast as possible. Springboard drop kick and then a dive to the floor. Rhino catches a moonsault and then slams crazy. Then we get some massive We Want Sandman chance. Yeah. Like, clearly they, they know what's going to happen here. They brawl around ringside for a little bit. Rhino throws crazy around the ring and press slams him to the floor through a table that we didn't even see set no. up. Rhino's also kind of like ragdoll throwing super yeah. crazy around. Very similar to the earlier match. I love ECW Rhino. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is where he thrives. Yeah, you, you can just see like he's he's he different gets it here. here. Yeah. He doesn't get it in WWE. I think it's more they don't get him. Maybe. Yeah, he might be right. Slash he gets hurt at the worst time during the invasion. Yeah. He gets hurt and and gets suspended in the same promo as the what have you done, Chuck Palumbo? Nothing. You are nothing. You're fired. Yeah, because the first part of that is Raven, you're suspended. It's like no, you're actually just hurt, but <laughs> We had a powerbomb to crazy, but it only gets a two. And then in my accidental ouchie spot of the night. Ouchie. A table gets brought into the ring and it kind of gets like dropped and it hits super crazy right in the ankle. And you see him like kicking <sighs> his feet like, fuck, that hurt. That was some shoot stinging. <laughs> yeah, it was like clearly not meant to be that. It was like, oh, it just landed like right on that little like ball of the ankle. It's like, yeah. oh, fuck. Yeah. Ouchie. I'd be, I'd be pulling a sin car like, no, I'm hurt. I'm, <laughs> no, I'm done. I'm out. Call medic. Crazy dodges a gore and Rhino crashes through the table. We get a diving crossbody to Rhino and Crazy counters a powerbomb into a DDT and then hits three moonsaults from each of the ropes in the corner. But Rhino pulls the ref on top of the last one. We then get sudden Tajiri coming out. Tajiri. I forget that Tajiri's here. Comes out and miss super crazy and then hits a buzzsaw kick and a drop kick and we get another spot of uh, Super Crazy just folded. Oh, yeah. The man is a pretzel. Table gets brought in the ring and Tajiri hits a drop kick to Crazy's face in a tree of woe. And then Rhino hits a gore in that same position. Much to my surprise, the man with a broken leg, Rob Van Dam's music hits. And he like makes his way down to the ring. Well, He's on somebody's shoulders. He's on his friend, his friend Scotty's shoulders. Who the fuck is Scotty? I have no fucking... Oh, he really is just his buddy? I don't know. I mean, he might be somebody, but... I'm... Oh, no. So apparently it's Scotty Riggs, but they just never feel like telling you that. He then does like a little like sequence with Rhino. I'm like, your leg's broken. Stop. Supposedly. By the way, this is not the only time... On the podcast, we're going to see Rob Van Dam injured. Still trying to wrestle? Doing something with Rhino, the more I think about it. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to eventually review ECW One Night Stand 2005, but Woof. he's also hurt there and does a thing, and I'm like, what are you doing? Oh, my God. Yeah, it was a little horrific, because they were like, he, he would like take bumps and like do kicks with his broken leg, and I can't tell <laughs> how much of his like his pain is shoot. Yeah, because they also like work over the leg later. Like, stop! Yeah, because you're like, they're hitting him so light. And like, still it hits a hit when your yeah. leg is broken. It hurts. 
so Rhino goes through a table in a weird kind of spot. Then get a diving moonsault to Rhino from Super Crazy, and Super Crazy gets the pin. He is now the television champion. Woohoo! No time to celebrate, though, because the heels just beat everyone down, including Rob Van Dam, until Enter Sandman hits and the crowd erupts. <laughs> it's a great song. Like, honestly, shit like that is why we watched the original rips. <laughs> it is good. Only Rhino stays in the ring, and uh, Sandman breaks a kendo stick on him in the first hit. It, like, Oh, he destroys this kendo stick. It, like, frays and falls apart with one hit. Yeah. So Sandman clears Rhino from the ring. The faces drink some beers to send us off the air at about two hours and 15 minutes. Woo! It was a nice feel-good ending. Um, again, the match felt a little rushed through, oh, like they course. didn't have time. And because of that, I'm like, yeah, it was, it was all right. It was good. It I was, think it was good. Yeah. I, I mean, I liked it. You know I like a fast-paced match. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I sometimes just want more time for things. I yeah. need to breathe a little bit. But this was a weird show. This was wild. A lot of it felt impromptu, and then the bits that didn't feel impromptu ended up feeling impromptu because of Because timing. of what happened. Yeah. So, it's one where people were saying, like, oh, this is one of the worst ECW pay-per-views. I don't know about that. I want to, I mean, like, see that. I want to see how they cite it. Like, why do you say it's the worst? I think they just say, like, a lot of these matches don't belong on pay-per-view. And Which I, I understand. I, I kind of agree. And I think maybe if you're watching the show week to week, it's a little worse. But coming in as an outsider, I'm like, yeah, it's it's fine. Yeah, it it kind of feels like a, like a it kind of feels like a house show. It feels like an episode, like a TV episode. Actually, you know, you know what the best modern day equivalent I, I can kind of do? Hmm. It feels like they just did that show in India where it's like, yeah, we'll bring in some people, do kind of a fun show. But like, don't worry about it too much. Yeah, it's like it's a non-canon episode. Yeah, it, whatever. it's not as big as some of the other ones, clearly. And I think some of that is just the ever-changing roster and them trying to build new stars. And that ever-changing roster ain't going to... Uh, Doesn't gonna, stick around. Yeah, that revolving door ain't going to get locked anytime soon. That's going to keep spinning. No. But it, this was a nice little uh, welcome back for us to the podcast. It's not Nitro, so we are still like... Easing our way back into normalcy by, like, we're not quite back at Nitro yet. We don't want to go back into that shitstorm. Yeah. But we're getting back into wrestling. We haven't watched wrestling in a while. I'm kind of sad that we didn't watch, this is going to date it, but we didn't watch SmackDown last Friday. I'm kind of sad that we didn't watch it. We should have. That that yeah, should have didn't. been our... We didn't know. That should have been our, like, ease back into it. And then the fucking Rock would have been there. That would have been yeah. awesome. And yeah, and I, I'm wearing uh, our our, oh, yeah. our our two person merch. So Nick made shirts for him and I, and he made a T-shirt of our logo in the NWO black and white font and the Wolfpack. Yes. So we're gonna wear them when we go to WrestleMania. Yeah, but I I haven't worn it yet, so I wanted to wear it for our first show back as a married couple. Wow, marriage. Kevin Nash would hate you. Yeah. I'm just gonna say that. Wearing your own gear. Wearing fucking, your own merch. Fucking Mark. Yeah, Mark. It's a gimmick, brother. God, <laughs> You're taking it a little too seriously. But with Kevin Nash's disapproval, let's go into uh, best bit, worst bit, and MVP. Listen, I've not given Kevin Nash my, my MVP, so that's your man's. I do not claim him. Emily, what is your best bit? I have a feeling this is going to be pretty similar for This is going to be a wash. I think we both have the same. It's the super crazy little Guido match. Yes, 100%. Easily. Easily. What would your second place be? Would it be the main event? I don't know if it would have been a match. I 
don't know. Because like none of the matches warranted best fit for Who's me. your best fit? Lori taking the gore? Honestly, maybe. That that slam of Lori through the table. And my reaction. like yeah. When she went through it, I just screamed, Lori, no! <laughs> I have a worse bit. I assume you do as well. I'm what, assuming ours is the same. Why don't you say it? Uh, it's just the entire brawl of New Jack and Vic Grimes. Yeah. I said specifically the scaffolding bit. But Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> the other bits didn't make me the most comfy. and. Oh, no. None of it's comfy. I was between the the, you know, incident or the pizza cutter. It was one or the one or the other. And then, Emily, who is your MVP? I gave it to Super Crazy. Yeah, I think that's the, the obvious one here. Yeah. I thought about giving it to um, Sandman for just being a good dad. <laughs> yes, but he was written to be a good dad. He was. Well, he could be still a real good dad. You know, I think it's Super Crazy. He put on the two best matches of the night. Easily. So when you're the common denominator. You win. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Well, there you go. Yeah. And that's it for our first episode as a married couple yeah butts in the marriage next up is the march 13th nitro we're back on Nitro. it's the go home nitro for uncensored i keep thinking we've already gotten to uncensored we've talked about uncensored for so long and then we watched uncensored 2006 for the patreon and i watched unforgiven oh unforgiven okay (laughs) un whatever i keep thinking we've already watched uncensored (laughs) So somebody commented on one of our posts, like, I can't wait for you guys to review Uncensored 2000. I look at Nick, I'm like, we already did that. He's like, no, we haven't. And then I listened to the episode that he just put out recently, and I'm like, we didn't already watch the Yabba Pie strap match? Are you kidding me? You you make fun of me for my goldfish brain, but sometimes it betrays me. And that should be coming to you, honestly, next week. Let us have a fucking weekend, Nick. <laughs> but until the next episode, you can subscribe to our Patreon for some episodes you might not have heard. Patreon.com slash butts in the seats. The one place we're not butts in the pod. That's, yeah. But over on the Patreon, we do embrace the tangents. That's kind of what I'm going with. So for better or for worse, that's what we're going with over there. We're going with faff. We're going with tangents. We're going with more of a a chill, fun time. Well, I don't know that I can do um, play-by-play of Legends House LARPing. That is something that we talked about. If you want to see Mean Gene LARP, go subscribe to our Patreon. You can also follow us on Twitter and... Oh, fuck, it's not nope, Twitter. It's not oh, Twitter. It's, 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 on, on the X and Instagram and threads, <laughs> at Butts in the Pod, Facebook, Butts Seats Podcast. Listen to all of our public back catalog on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, all the others. Yeah, you don't need to go through the whole spiel. Yeah, you probably listen on one of those three. Deezer. Emily, any uh, closing thoughts before we get out of here? feels weird. I know. It's been a minute since we've gone through an episode like this. Yeah. Aren't you excited for some Jeff Jarrett? Not in the slightest. Well, too bad, Maybe Emily. He's got the stroke and you're going to like it, slap nuts. Okay, and with that, I'm Emily. <laughs> I'm Nick, and thanks for listening to this episode of the Butts and Seats Podcast. Help me. Bye!